0: Hello, I'm Alison Drower with another episode of the Entrepreneurs Programme Showcase Series. Now, here's a question to ponder. To pivot or not to pivot. That is the dilemma any business may face, not just during challenging times, but as a means to grow, innovate, and commercialize. Now, two of the Entrepreneurs' Program's digital business facilitators, Tony Shannon and Rob Olver, have zoomed into this showcase episode, sharing some fascinating insights into how even the smallest digital transformation can result in a positive pivot for any business.
1: So I'm musing the other day with a client who says, oh, I can't wait to get back to sort of business as usual. And it just made me think, I don't think usual is going to exist anymore. What are your thoughts?
0: Um, I'm, I think part of the problem is that usual probably got too convenient for them before we ran into this crisis. Um, and I often think, I often muse to myself and anyone who will listen that, the time to worry in business is when everything's going well, not when everything is going badly. Because when everything's going well, all that can happen is someone comes along and kicks your sandcastle down. So I think that you're absolutely right. There won't be a business as usual new. There won't be this new normal. There'll be this new up and down that we're going to run into. Well,
1: I think we'll talk pre-COVID and post-COVID. I mean, you know, I, don't, I think the space... For companies between themselves and their customers is completely changed forever I, there's in my mind there's no going back. I mean what we
0: really need to try and get our customers to think about is writing down all the lessons that they are learning now or about to learn so that we don 't end up in a situation where in six months' time we've all slipped back into our old bad habits or all the great ideas to change the way we do business, diversify our customer bases suddenly evaporates in oh, yeah, I've just got to put this little bushfire out or I've got this old problem over here again or... you think,
1: You think there's been a bit of a she'll be right, mate, with our sort of 29, 30 years of back-to-back growth. You know, you get the sense we've got a bit flabby. I mean, I think looking at the businesses that we're talking to that are now really trying to struggle to adapt, the heart of it seems to be digital, the pivot to digital. We've just caught businesses with their hands down. You know, they've been happy to run on three spreadsheets and an old
0: copy of Mild and all of a sudden, the world has changed. Not just digitally. I think we need to be a little bit careful that we don't just go, oh, this will all be solved by going digital, by, you know, um, let's build an e-commerce site and it'll all be okay. You know, we do have to encourage our clients and businesses in general to go, what are you trying to do? You know, what, what, how would you rebuild your business starting from scratch again? You know, these are these are ugly situations, but it's a great opportunity if you can survive and take advantage of it. One thing that's been interesting, though, and I think we we
1: talked on this too just recently, is that some businesses that I'm working with are using this sort of enforced confinement to reflect on maybe what they could do and what they should be doing in the business. And they're doing things that they probably haven't had time to do before. I know a business that doesn't have enough work for its staff in their main jobs, but they've move them all onto writing digital content for their website and their marketing channels. Um, and so, potentially, there will, there will be businesses that'll come out of this stronger by using the time to do that kind of long overdue maintenance, for want of a better word, yeah?
0: Yeah, with that question. I mean, I think, you know, you do need to be a little bit careful. There's only so many times you can reconstruct and redesign your website. See. And, and, and people need to start thinking differently about who's a competitor, who could they possibly collaborate with? Um, I'd like to see people who take advantage of the fact that everyone is now in a similar kind of predicament and now it might be a good opportunity to reach out to people and go, what could we do together? What skills have you got that I could use? What have I got that you could use? And What markets are we going after together? So we're not going to compete, but we might be able to you know, be stronger together. There are, yeah, there are certainly
1: other interesting businesses out there that have just completely emerged from nowhere. What
0: We had that guy from the theatrical industry. What was his, his business? He's, he's, um, he's received quite a bit of sort of media attention lately and and good on him for sort of seeing what skills he had and going, well, what can I convert this into? And most importantly, is there a customer base for this? So he basically went, as I understand it, went from building huge stages for large concert tours including something I'm glad I never saw, which was the castle for the Edinburgh tattoo, something I'm glad I missed, um, uh, decided that he could build flat-packed, reassemblable desks for all those people who were suddenly at home with their their partners all working from home and their children all being educated from home, um, and suddenly finding out that they actually only had one dining room table. So he saw an opportunity, tried to confirm it as much as he could. And one of the things that you and I have been looking at is how do we sort of squeeze into these straightened times, a process of reinvention, transformation, business redesign, how do we squeeze that? Customers pretty much run your business for you. You know, they will tell you how they want to buy it. They'll tell you how they'd like to interact with you. They'll probably even tell you what they want to pay for it. So if you can't solve a customer problem, if you can't find a bunch of customers, and they're going to be even harder to find now, and more specific to find now, then you really are just got a sort of strange, expensive hobby that looks a bit like a business. I think, and
1: I really think that underscores the, this kind of the two-way dialogue that digital brings. I mean, I think almost the most perfect business at the moment to operate is one that is completely online. And I think uh, of an operator in the Gold Coast of uh, Queensland, has a very impressive business in flat-packed chicken coops now i know that sounds like an interesting idea but he's uh he uh he actually does get them made in china he did preload massively before the chinese new year so he was well prepared for this but the beauty of this guy's business is that he has no he has no bricks and mortar he is a pure online player i would call him a digital gazelle he is his channels are optimized his markets are Really well understood, the dialogue he has with his customers is extraordinary. And in theory, his core asset is a team of developers and creative people who build certain websites uh, and they ship those websites live to see if there's any traction coming out of a market uh, in, that they perhaps may just want to explore. So, one of his best, best pivots over the break, um, uh, over this whole period, has been into what else can I put in a backyard now that people are in the backyard yeah. market. And uh, he's done incredibly well with rabbit hutches and a bunch of other things in there. So, you know, you think about the digital business that's actually wired into the kind of economy and is getting this kind of... They're getting earlier signals on, on problems and opportunities than those older traditional businesses.
0: What did that guy do when he said, I think I'm going to go into collapsible chicken coops? Did he go out and speak to a whole bunch of people with backyards and go... What are you doing about your chickens? I think he
1: had the Ikea epiphany. I think he saw a trend towards, uh, people growing their own veggies and people being able to you know, put chooks in the backyard. And the issue about those were that you either built them or you got one ready-made and shipped into your backyard. So he just borrowed the sort of, why would I ship air all around the world? I'll do what Ikea did and I'll make it a sort of a self assembled flat pack chicken coop, which gave it all the economies of scale. Uh, because it then became cheap and easy to do, took out all the weight and the air and the bulk and the transportation process and, and delivered it to you to, you know, do the last nine yards. And how many here I are think that- let's, let's talk a little bit about service, this rapid business model transformation service, which is really, it's, it's really been a genesis out of the food industry because we, we have found a lot of food producers and processors who have been completely dependent upon the hospitality and food service industries who have found themselves overnight completely without uh, any customers and without any opportunity to move product. And a lot of them have got warehouses full of surplus
0: product. What, give me your thoughts on some of our early discussions with those clients. Um, I think the system, the, the service that you and I are sort of spinning up where we go in and help someone do a kind of fast, rapid business model transformation operating in a set of constrained circumstances that they we might find that they are able to alleviate some of their pressing issues like the guy who's got too much in storage and really just wants to get rid of it because if he's not paying for storage he's already ahead whether that's going to spin into a consumer business not so sure we might find that the big thing that we are able to do for people is help them on a longer trajectory build brands Get channels happening, um, understand customer needs, develop systems in the quiet of you know, uh, product solution fit,
1: product market fit, and really have something that's robust at the other end of it. And I think the problem we've got with some of these businesses looking at their competitors that may have done this hard the hard yard some time ago is that they see it as a quick fix and they see it as a quick pivot. But we know it's yeah. not. I think the approach we're taking here, where it really is kind of a quick triage to come in. And if we can if we can get that business to have a quick, easy, perhaps dirty win, but at least put them on the journey of doing small steps, small returns, small steps, small return iteratively, I think we've got a hope of then when things move to slightly easier terms, not only will we have the business that has a heartbeat there, but the business will have a small beachhead in a new market with a new business model they've never had before. And then they can take off on the longer term journey, potentially to a, a new business or a new business model. But but I, I think it's interesting, the kind of people we're meeting at the moment who are at best desperate, aren't they?
0: Yeah, well, because of the nature of the program, we are meeting businesses who tend to lean into stuff anyway. And they are interested they want to explore things and they want advice and they want help. Um, and so it's critically important, I think, that businesses either inside the Entrepreneurs' Program or outside the Entrepreneurs' Program, or indeed if they're outside, they should get in, um, they, they need to take advantage of anyone who can provide them with advice. They need to get out there and talk to people, talk to their customers in a different way, talk to their family, have a look at what they're seeing you know, overseas in different markets and try and just pick little bits and pieces out of it And as you say, test stuff. What we have to try and do, I think, is help them go, this is a small investment or no investment, and it will take you hopefully a long way. Learn things, test things, see what works. Um, Try and do something quick and dirty, as we've discussed. You don't need a full kind of digital transformation, re-engineer your entire system. Um, if you're trying to go, as we talk about with the food people, if you're trying to go direct to consumers, so B2C, how can you do it without actually spending too much money? Um, what platforms can you use? I'm not, I'm not sure that there's really a need to define what digital transformation is um, because it is. it's a little bit like pornography. No one can really describe it, but they know what it is when they see it. And so if a business takes a kind of, brings in digital technology, so software and and harnesses the internet and and social media and uh, other communication platforms, mobile smart devices, and uses that to replace old processes and old ways of doing things, harnesses better customer relationships, I guess that's a digital transformation. As long as I think, you know, if I had to put the three essential pillars down, I
1: mean, i probably like you would say customer, 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 but I, but I, but I think... Somewhat that glibly,
0: actually, I might add. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's the, that, is the, that is the kind of starting point for this stuff. So, I think the other thing that people need to remember is that you don't need, um, as sexy and attractive and funky as it might seem, you don't need to build a whole new universe of stuff You can, if you if you find the worst part of any service or product, and solve that one particular problem, and these days that's likely to be a digital solution to that problem or a a digital way of exploiting an opportunity. You only have to make one little bit of it better. You know, if if the taxi industry had gone, you know what. People would really like to not have to fumble around for cash as they got out of the cab in the pouring rain, or find the credit card and get the chit and ask if they needed to print it out and ba da da If the taxi industry had just gone, look, we're going to run this sort of automatic account debiting system. Uber might never have needed to exist. So you don't have to. They don't have to solve every problem for every customer. Just and this is why I think digital is so useful and technology and software. It can allow you to improve one part of it so substantially that it makes it look like you've revolutionised the whole thing. And hopefully, I think
1: we've got services, I think we've got support, we've got networks that um, that can help those businesses. absolutely. I think we're doing a great job now even with the huge amount of dis- distressed stock that's in the marketplace or or people looking for alternate sources of of uh, supply materials. You know we're we're turning ourselves into a sort of a national dating site for that stuff. so I,
0: I think I think we're doing quite well there. You mean, like, would you like 400 litres of olive oil with those two tonnes of lamb you just bought? There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, honey, always good to chew the fat. It's, um, the good thing about the times we're in is that we can sit back in our respective capital cities and uh, muse and look at the world from our vantage points. And uh, always good to have a conversation with you, mate. We'll do it again sooner.
0: Uh, yes, Rob, go forth and advise. Go forth and transform. Either digitally or with a business model, whichever you whichever you and your customers prefer. Thank you so much. You can find out more about the Entrepreneurs Program and what it can offer to grow, innovate, and commercialize your business by checking out business.gov.au forward slash EP.